to each and every one of you to the fourth and forever podcast. It is good to have you all back. My name is Stuart Bothwell and I am rejoined by my co-host and occasional drinking buddy, Darren Butter. How you been, Darren? I'm good. I'm good. Um, yeah, it's been a while. So It has been uh, a long while, certainly been a minute, as they say, which I've never understood because when you say it's been a minute, you're supposed, that's like supposed to mean it's been a long time. Yeah, I think it's like slang, so it's kind of sarcastic. I, I guess. Yeah. Like if 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 that's if if its origins are in sarcasm, then I've been like looking at things in all sorts of different lights for no reason whatsoever. But yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it has certainly been a long time since we've been uh, podcasting. Uh, this whole shebang that's been going on over the last little while, um, it's affected us all. But it's something that I think that you and I are both kind of in agreement that where possible, we should just try and skirt around all that jazz and get back into talking about what makes us and surely everyone else who's listening to this happy the most. And that would be football. Yeah, exactly. Um, There's so many little storylines going on. I keep reading about things and forgetting that the rookies exist. I don't know why. It's just like, because usually they're hyped up so much, they've already had training camp. I was reading mm-hmm. something about the LA Chargers last week, and it didn't even mention Herbert, which is probably about right. But um, at the end, <laughs> they're like, oh, Tyrod Taylor is also joined by Herbert in the quarterback room. And I was like, oh, yeah, there was a draft, and there's new people. Yeah. It, it just I'm, seems I... like they're only talking about the big names, so it's kind of forgotten about the fact that we've got you know, 70-odd new players and quite a lot to look at once the, the league starts up again. Yeah, and like considering there's been so much upheaval over this off-season, maybe that's another reason why some of these things have kind of paled in comparison, like with Tom Brady going to the Buccaneers, Phil Rivers ending up with the Colts, uh, like other young quarterbacks being drafted here and there to uh, finally getting into the league. You know, it's just, maybe there's just like a few things that have taken all of the focus and attention and then of course there's a few other things which we'll get on to talking about through the course of today as well that are certainly most prevalent in our minds um but like I, i'm still tuned into the likes of the the broncos facebook page sending me out a picture of jerry judy saying uh oh, only 10 weeks until we get to see number 10 in action and i kind of feel as if there should maybe be an asterisk next to that but yeah. um uh, you know, like it's. I think just continue with the hype train just now. Keep people excited for for some sort of potential positive, uh, and just hope that this season actually happens in a, a safe and responsible manner. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. So, do we just kick this off? Do we just go right into the biggest news of the day? Uh, maybe. Um, I don't I see why we'll, not. Yeah. Yeah. Let's 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 do it. So. Chiefs quarterback Patrick Mahomes has put pen to paper on a 10-year extension. It's on top of his current two years left on his deal. So that's 12 years in total on the first ever half a billion dollar contract, which is absolutely mind-blowing. NFL Network's Ian Rappaport and Tom Pelissero report the deal is worth up to $503 million, with a crazy amount of that being guaranteed and in other sorts of guarantees. And that's not including things like endorsement deals or anything. That is just what he's getting from the Chiefs to play. The best part about all this deal is that it will likely be written a few times over through the course of its duration uh, to apparently adjust for the salary cap as well. 
because that's one thing that people often don't realize about some of these contracts is that if you ever get a particularly long contract, then that can sometimes have your, your back against the wall um, for things going forward. And then you can find out that, oh, you're not getting paid as much as the as you're perhaps worth in the current climate. Um, but that is something which apparently is going to be taken into account in this deal. And they're just going to say, yeah, it's 10 years, but we'll, we'll see how things pan out. Like they're going to apparently just review it against the percentage of the cap. So I think there's... Um, yeah, which is apparently something they me- said mechanisms. they would not do, but they're doing it. Yeah, so it's like if you, um, if in five years, you know, someone else like Lamar's getting thirty percent of the cap, then they'll match, kind of thing. But I think it gives the organization and Patrick Mahomes certainty in a time where there yes. isn't a lot of certainty. So I, I think it's a, a kind of a good deal all round. Obviously. No team wants to give out half a billion dollars if they don't have to, but I think <laughs> in this situation that it's really going to make a difference. Um, one of the key points I noticed was that the first two years are still rookie. Mm-hmm. So he's still, even though he's been guaranteed, so pretty much he'll get something like 103 million on the 21st of March 2021. Yeah. Um, and then, but it doesn't count against the cap. So yeah. he's getting 16 million a year for the next two years even though he's technically getting 50 million a year for the next two years. Um, yeah. and the structure of the deal is really going to be what impacts how this team can still operate going forward because it still needs to sign its stars like Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, maybe Tyron Matthew and all that, who themselves are going to be due bumper paydays. So that's something that I think that they're really taking into account to say like, look, we've got a really good opportunity here to become the next dynasty so Mahomes is basically saying like, okay, I can I can deal with only being paid X amount, providing that in good faith, I know you will definitely provide me with it down the line. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, for two years, if they're getting Kelsey Hill, um, you know, um, Hardman, and, and then you've got your Swartz on the line, if you can, they can work a way around keeping all this talent on the offense. And just not getting terrible on defense. So, you know, maybe keeping Matthew yeah. Jones. I think Jones is the big one coming yeah, up. He's, uh, he, he has been talking about maybe even holding out for the entire season if he doesn't get what he wants. Um, but he'll be expecting, like, top two, top three uh, d- defensive tackle money. He'll be, he'll be wanting up near Aaron Donald stuff. Yeah, this is definitely a good year to for the holdout, you know. Um, if you really <laughs> yeah if you're going to hold out you may as well do it during a pandemic <laughs> if you don't really want to play but then it puts you in a better position to make more money um especially for a defensive tackle or a edge rusher you know um get take a take a another six month break work out in your house and then just go straight into free agency um but you know we'll we'll see with chris jones he made such a difference in the uh the super bowl and the playoffs when he played because he was injured um, yeah, dude's a monster. You have to have him if you're the the um, the Chiefs, and I think that's what they're betting on. I think if they they think if they've got Mahomes on this sixteen million a year, and they can give you know Jones like fifteen million a year for two years guaranteed, something like that, that mm-hmm. it's not going to break their bank and it's going to put them in a great position to win. Yeah, um, it definitely needs some some good salary cap management to work at keeping all these guys. Um, Otherwise, you're probably going to have to let someone big walk, whether it's Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, or something like that. Do you think the Chiefs are historically good at 
managing the cap? You play against them and you know you support a team in their division. Mm. Um, I think it's it's maybe a different game now, um, whereas previously a lot of your money would go into things like your running back, so they'd have like some Priest Holmes would actually still eat up quite a bit of the cap back in the day. Um, I don't I don't really know. I'd have to go back and look at them from a historical perspective, but um, I've not seen them let too many big free agents walk uh, that that like people don't look back on and say, oh yeah, there was a good reason for that. Um, I, I like the way this deal looks in terms of, you know, it's keeping the best player in the league on their payroll for as long as possible. Um, and then also still leaving this little bit of wiggle room, but they're, they're definitely going to have to do a little bit of jiggery-pokery in order to get these people and keep them in the building. Yeah, I just... I think if any player deserves a deal like this, it's Mahomes. He's just enigmatic and so different to, you know, what's gone before. And, um, you know, Andy Reid must be pretty happy. But if you think, like, even if this ends up being an eight-year deal... And yes, they rewrite it. Or even a seven-year. He's only 24. So even if yeah. this deal was to run to the end, he would have made half a billion dollars, not including whatever he makes on the side. Yeah. And he'll only be 34, which is or 35, which is younger than you know Aaron Rodgers was when he signed his deal. So it hopefully he stays healthy. I think that's the big, the big yeah. part of this. But he seems resilient. Like he bent the wrong way in the playoffs and bent the wrong way in like game six of the season and he got back up missed the game and came back you know so he does seem like he's got a bit bit about him on that side of it um yeah but you know this just for this season and next season it's just it's great for the chiefs and i, I can't really see it unless something really changes with one of the nfc teams like if the 49ers make a trade or something like that then i can't see anyone being that close to them in terms of on paper yeah it just depends on how they manage to retain this squad for the most part and uh, retain their coaching staff um andy reed is obviously just a fantastic play caller and thoroughly deserved his super bowl win um and like you know even as a broncos fan i can't even look upon this deal and be too upset because i know fine well that this is kind of good for the league yeah. That, that this is going to be something that's ha that happens. Um, it's not going to be good for anyone else in that division, including uh, myself, but um, it, it is what it is. Like the, the Chiefs are the standard, so it's up to everyone else to, to get there and um, just have to deal with it. So I just have to hope that Drew Locke is the same guy <laughs> as, uh, as Patrick Mahomes and he, he comes on leaps and bounds in his second season. Yeah, well, we're getting besides the point there because is, is that going to happen? <laughs> we'll we'll wait we'll wait and see. <laughs> no, I um I like Drew Lock, um, and I I just think it's so difficult for anyone else in that division. You know, the Chiefs have just pretty much said we have a number one quarterback for ten years, and everyone else is still deciding what they're doing. Yeah. Um Justin Herbert. You know, he'd be very surprising if he played starter for like four years. I would be. Mm. He to me, he reminds me of Derek Carr, and then obviously the Raiders have Derek Carr, and then um, not in and terms Marcus of Mariota. play style, but you know, in terms of that kind of uh, he might be all right in some games, maybe too good to let go, but not good enough to get you anywhere. Mm. Um, 
and then yeah obviously you guys have lock and then the it's well it's like not... you can you can look at the the quarterbacks but it certainly goes like runs a lot deeper than that when you look at how the rest of the teams are actually building their their rosters like the, uh, the Broncos and Raiders drafting heavily into wide receiver this this season. Um, the Chargers, they're probably about the only team without the full-blown good wide receiving core, apart from Keenan Allen. But on paper, their squad looks in- incredible. Like, it should be great from pretty much front to back, apart from that offensive line and some wide receiver depth. Um, th- th- these guys are all going to just have to start dealing with chasing Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And um, they're just trying to figure out their best ways of doing it, whether it's trying to put all your eggs in one basket with Drew Locke and say, right, we go for an explosive offense. We make it fastest wide receivers, fastest tight ends. You shore up on the offensive line and you still got a pretty solid defense there, which has got a couple more years out of Von Miller and co. Um, And then over in uh, uh, Las Vegas, which is really weird to say now, Mm. uh, the the Raiders are... um, like they've been blowing things up for the last few few seasons, and they're they're getting somewhere. I do think um, they they had a few iffy spots here and there last season, but you can see the progress. I think, uh, be it minor or whatever, but getting all these draft picks and trying to do something with them is um, is, is what they're aiming for. So the, it's it's the long game there. Uh, the Chargers. If I was them, I would be. I'd have been far more urgent. I would have gone out and gone hard for Cam Newton. I would have offered him double what the Patriots would have paid and uh, and see if we can get them another weapon in. Um, but but they didn't. So they had to live with the consequences and the consequences are Justin Herbert, potentially. Cool. So division's pretty much sewn and I'm joking. Um, <laughs> they, like, I like what the Broncos are doing in terms of their weapons and their team. And, you know, they may have lost a couple of players um, here and there. Uh, from their squads that were important but I think when you look at um, the weapons around Locke it's definitely building, I think that um, combination of Lindsay and um, Gordon is going to be really yeah. impressive I don't mm. think you'll ever have a there's no point in the game with the def- defence be able to relax having those two guys as a one-two um, yeah. both of them can catch both of them can run, both of them are heavy hitters, so I think the Broncos will probably not rely on Locke as much as like the Chiefs will rely on Mahomes. Um, and that's probably the safe, scheme up, right. it's a safe way to go about it when you just don't know what you've got. But look, if Locke wins, a, he won a couple of close division games last year. You guys finished mm-hmm. pretty strong. So, so it's still... Yep, four of his last five, so it's... You know, it's, it's like literally right. the top 1,500 players in a sport where like 300,000 people play. Yeah, <laughs> in their lives, so it's like the um, the players in the NFL. It's like every game is a battle, regardless of you know talent and stuff. So I wouldn't I wouldn't be signing the the gravestones just yet on the other teams in the AFC West, but it does feel like the Chiefs have a bit of a a head start here um, for the next couple of years. It's more exciting um, from a from a neutral perspective, which is hard for me to have. Um, there's been a long time where it was just kind of it was just the Broncos that were winning and the Chargers were kind of strong the Chiefs were a bit crap for a while and the Raiders were just like whipping boys the entire time Uh, now each of these teams has a lot of strength to them now and 
like a few of them have gone through their own rebuilding processes, but you see the positives. And uh, like, I guess we'll try and delve into them a bit more in a few weeks' time, perhaps, when we, yeah. when we get onto that. But um, I would certainly say that the AFC West is back looking exciting again. Yes, which is good for mm-hmm. for the league. Um, okay, so to close this one off for now. Um, mm-hmm. What's your over under on how many cha- how many Super Bowls Mahomes will win <laughs> in ten years? I know a lot of people have done this, but people don't know what we think. So yeah, well, I mean, a lot of people assumed that Aaron Rodgers was going to win a whole bunch of Super Bowls since signing his deal. He hasn't won another one. People were saying more about Russell Wilson and all that jazz, but then you've had the likes of Tom Brady in there all the time, having to steal these from people. Um, but with Brady on the way out, changing of the guard happening, I reckon Mahomes has got three Super Bowls in. Uh, I'm gonna, and I, and I, I think yeah. that's conservative. So I would maybe set the over under at four. Mm. Yeah, I, I, a bit more conservative. I think, obviously, the Super Bowl is like the hardest championship in sports to win. Um, be- because it's like, it's not just him, is it? No. It's not just him saying like, oh, well, he's good enough, so well, look, he should win. Look it's at like, last well, What's going to happen with the rest of the team? With Jones, you know, or the year before last, with Jones where one offside and all that hard work is... Is done, you know. Uh, that was that was D Ford, I think. D-Ford, actually, yeah. don't don't, don't, he, don't go attributing for Chris Jones to that. <laughs> and then he gets binned, and he's yeah in somewhere else, San Francisco. Um, the I think for what I'd say is I think in the next two years the over under is one, and the then, next two years, okay. yeah, and then after that it's another one. I I don't like it's so hard to win a Super Bowl. I think like oh like it's two, two and over for me. Just it's so hard. Um, and then you, you got the you Ravens. have to look into the future and predict things like th- that. That roster is going to look completely different in th- uh, five years' time, even three years' time. Uh, hell, even like under certain circumstances, in two years' time, that roster might have a complete clear out. For all we know, everything might go completely tits up, and um, they make a mess of the salary cap, and they end up only having three players in their roster, and that's all they can deal with. And then, yeah, so you've got just. It's the NFL, so maybe the Saints have missed their window, but you've still got the Ravens, you've still got the 49ers as they're currently constructed, you've still got, you know, players like Deshaun Watson and that wanting a piece, like, it's, and then we've probably still got another four years of Belichick, so, mm-hmm. you know. And of course, Tua to Tungvaluwa has just come in as well, uh, Trevor Lawrence is just about to come in next year. So maybe maybe those guys will be the young guns who will actually come in and completely dominate, change the game even more than Patrick Mahomes has done. Yeah, for all we know, that Dolphins team looks like the greatest league pass team. <laughs> I think it's, they're going to be so much fun to watch. Um, you know, so if your games, your team's on the Monday night or the late game, I'd suggest putting on a, a Dolphins game. Yeah, um, or if you're if you're a fan of the show, uh, say fan of the show, that's a bit a bit much. But if you're a friend of the show, certainly Neil Shepard, uh, then he's like maybe got something to actually look forward to over the next few years. Or if everything goes tits up, you can just draft Trevor next season. Yeah, he's got two cornerbacks at least, so you know can't. There'll yeah. there'll be something. Apparently, that's nah. important. Uh, yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> anyway, shall we move on? Yes, yes. Keep it rolling. 
Okay, so from one piece of positive news to another, and uh, for the best part of 60 years, people have been fighting to change the name of Washington DC's football franchise. So it was only a few years ago that current owner Dan Schneider had stated that there was no way he would change the name under his watch. But with sponsors the likes of FedEx, Nike, Pepsi, all threatening to pull their endorsements after more than 87 shareholders representing around about $620 billion in assets, wrote a letter asking those companies to cut ties with Washington if the team did not change its name, Schneider has had to think again. So the team will, quote, undergo a thorough review of the team's name. So it's been a long time coming, but it looks like we might finally be able to get over this hurdle of having a team named after a racial slur in the NFL. It seems slightly ridiculous it's taken this long um i don't think the review should take very long um but you know you see that trump's come out and supported them cleveland of cleveland indians have already said they're changing their name they're a baseball Mm -hmm. team they've already said that it's not even a review they are changing their brand and will be getting input from fans um but look you know walmart target jd sports loads of these companies are literally saying we're not going to stock any of your stuff and FedEx as well, who yeah. sponsor the whole stadium, and PepsiCo and Nike. Look, if four of the top 50 companies in the world that happen to give you hundreds of million every couple of years are saying that it's got to change, then unfortunately that's what someone like Snyder will listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll be honest, when I play Madden, if I go play on a, as a franchise, I pick Washington and I move them. Yeah, like that's the easiest team to change. One, it never seems like their stadiums full, um, and <laughs> and two, like the the name comes first. But the the name is just it's ridiculous when you see it against everything else. Like it doesn't suit. There's any pride in the name either, you know. No, and it's it's one of these things that um, the the name is actually been kind of almost boycotted by many announcers. They just they'll just say Washington because they don't feel right saying it. Um, and it's something which, I mean, it's, it's been on my radar for a long time, but I've, I've kind of just like gone with it because it's, it's annoying that they haven't changed anything, but you know, just push for it to happen. Maybe someday it will, and finally it is. Um, it's, uh, it, I mean, I think I, I would have been pretty young when I first realized that this probably wasn't okay. And uh, I remember asking my dad about it, and he's like, yeah, it's been a thing for a, a long time. Uh, I've no idea how they keep being allowed to do it um, and not like just forced to have something change. And um, now the, the power of change is real uh, on the back of some very tragic events over the last, uh, over the last few months, uh, enforcing changes across the world. And uh, this is, although, although it's just a, like, just a name, it is another symbol of uh, like cultural appropriation, oppression, uh, and just... Some, some people see it in one particular way, apparently, in, in which it's a positive light, but I still think the vast majority of people just say, we just shouldn't do it this way. So, yeah, a few other possibilities have emerged, um, such as the Red Tails, which I believe is uh, um, a fighter jet from the... 50s, 40s, 50s, something like that. Um, there's the Warriors, <coughs> lame, 
<laughs> it's a pretty lame name. Just hear from everywhere. Every other team is called the Warriors. Admirals, Senators, and even the MLS's Washington Generals have advised that they will be willing to give up their naming rights for this cause. So there's a few options out there. Is there is there anything that you're particularly hot on right now? No, they all sound like the terrible names you have to pick on Madden. Like, yeah. I don't know what they're going to call the, the team. The Renegades. <laughs> yeah, well, the XFL went and took loads of names there. So, um, mm-hmm. I... Well, well, they could change it to just being DC rather than Washington as well. Well, that's what DC United did in the MLS. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um... Well, Pat, really. Mac- Pat McAfee put together just DCFC. Can we just go off ca- the kind of defense off last year and call them the Washington statues? Oh, or, or the Washington monuments? Washington monuments. <laughs> yes, cool, cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm down for that. Shall we just call them that from now on? Every time we speak yeah. about them, it's the yeah, Washington I think, monuments. Um, uh, yeah, that's it. We have just unofficially renamed. It the Washington team as the Washington Monuments, and now we can actually refer to them in a particular, you know, way. We've given them a nickname. It's done. Okay, well, we fixed fixed that. Let's fix something else. All right, then. Shall we Shall we go on to fixing, I don't know, uh, Cam Newton in New England? Yeah, the, the Patriots offense. Maybe get get some weapons now, some, some blockers for... Uh... One of the best yeah. quarterbacks to play in the last 10 years. <laughs> well, and it depends on what you believe about Cam Newton. Um, there's a different sort of narrative about him and, you know, just how good he is, uh, what he brings in the run game, um, what sort of weapons he's had in the past. I mean, he he had a, a really good season in 2014 with not too much at wide receiver, but his wide receiving core has only gotten worse. And, uh, and that has definitely coincided with some of his worst play, albeit also hindered by injury a lot. But now he's going to New England, which has probably the worst-looking wide receiving core in the NFL, maybe. Certainly up there. Uh, Very little depth behind Julian Edelman, who will no doubt be banned for PEDs or uh, jumping on a car or something again. Um, Yeah, like, I mean... Edelman Cam just has to hold on to the ball get... for a while. It's gonna, he's, he's gonna have to end up taking hits. He's gonna get hurt more, and then it's gonna be stood in time by week six. Yeah, look, Edelman just likes getting four weeks off so he can go and chat up all of Tom Brady's supermodel mates. He's he's, <laughs> he's not worried about playing. Um, look, I love Edelman. I think he's a really good player. But um, in terms of as a weapon that you can rely on, or you know, don't have to scheme for. Mm-hmm. I, I really think like someone like t- this is where the draft is so important. It's like you look at what the Patriots have done in the last three years, and then you look at like even the the, the Washington Monuments taking like mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin. It can work in the like third round, and having a player like that just breaks things open. It's like it doesn't cost a lot in terms of like capital to get a player that can do that. It just seems like the Patriots have really struggled to find any form of kind of um game breaking in the the draft recently um, yeah like they've still got um you know sanu who might still be good apparently had a pulled hamstring or something last year that he was yeah from the very beginning he, he really wanted to to play for the patriots so he had mm-hmm. um which is unfair when you have to give up a second round pick obviously should have been probably a fifth or something if he was injured but um oh if they want to pay it yeah, well, that's the thing. They overpay because they freak out. 
because they have yeah. to. Um, and B, if I'm a team that's not doing very well and the Patriots are sitting at like seven and eight with a chance of making the playoffs, or you know, at, um, what would it be, five and seven or six and five or something mm-hmm. at the, the trade deadline, I'd be pulling out, okay, I want a first round for this guy and I want to, because they will go for it. Because they don't seem as good as Belichick is. It seems like he, in terms of the offense, he doesn't really really put much capital into it until he really needs to, which makes mm. it all seem very. And it's kind of like this Cam Newton deal. Like, why didn't he do this four months ago? It's like, yeah, you know, he might have had to pay like five million better, more. Better deal. Yeah, but then you would have known, and you'd been able to build based on Cam. Like, what have they been doing with their teams in meetings? Because like. As good as Stidham maybe could have been, then we'll never know now. But Or will we? We don't know. Cam hasn't necessarily been anointed the starter yet, so there's still so time for that to change. I, I support Auburn, and Stidham and Cam Newton are two of my favourite players ever in terms of, you know, watching them on TV. Um, so it's quite a strange situation that they're both at the Patriots. But um, it's a completely different game plan. So what do they do with everything they've been teaching their players on Skype and Zoom for the last three months. Do they have to completely rewrite it all? Um, I wouldn't think so for the most part because, I mean, it, it's all well and good having some of these things down on paper, but it's when you get to the actual walkthroughs and padded practices that things actually start to become more apparent about how you have to adjust your game for your line. And like some of these guys might have played with a quarterback like Jared Stidham before, but it's unlikely they will have played with a quarterback like Cam Newton before. Um, so it, it's, but it's not just the quarterback that's going to be what they're going to have to adjust to. Is um, if the, if the wide receivers aren't good enough at getting open like they were last season, then Cam Newton's going to have to hold the ball longer. The offensive lines are going to have to work harder to keep them clean, and uh, it's just going to be like uh, like running uphill through mud uh, in order to actually get anywhere. Uh, so you're going to need to have a big jump from Lexi and Keel Harry. Um, you, I, I still think that they might try and restructure their um, their cap around a little bit, make a little bit more space, because at the moment they have the tiniest sliver of cap room. But I can see them basically saying, like, well, if we can get Josh Gordon back on a, a minimum deal, uh, maybe even keep an eye on some Antonio Brown stuff, maybe they'll, like be the ones to say like right okay he's got help he can come back in now he's he's good he's atoned for his sins now let's go and get the best wide receiver in football for next to nothing yeah um so cam newton brilliant in obviously in 2015 pretty good in 2014 and he was brilliant in 2017 as well and then the last two years like kyle allen doesn't play if newton is fit like, this is the thing, like, people are like, oh, Newton's really dropped off, he was benched. No, he's had a bad foot and a bad shoulder. So, yeah. we don't know what Cam Newton is at the moment. But if Cam Newton is anywhere near full fitness, then he's more likely to be, like, 2017 than 2015. But that's still a top 16 quarterback. Mm-hmm. And some of the stuff that man can do when he is feeling it is scary. Yeah. And I... I don't know what, you know, McDaniels is. I don't know what he can scheme for someone like Newton. He's never had to. But um, I would back Newton. If he if Newton plays 12 or more games, I would back him to do a lot this year. 
earn himself mm. a new contract, which will probably, ironically, be with like the Chargers or something. Probably. <laughs> it won't be with the Patriots. Patriots aren't going to pay him $20 million a year. Oh, they can't afford to unless they trade away some people. Or so how does that work for the, the Pats the if they're at their cap limit but they don't have a quarterback? Well, you just have to restructure. You have to move things around. You have to uh, cut players, trade them, do whatever else you can. It's, it's all about restructuring. Um, I mean, it may well be the case of they've got a bunch of guys who are going to have their contracts, like large contracts, expire at the end of next season, and they're just going to have to let those run down. Because that's when um, they were expecting Brady to actually end, was next yeah. year. So I guess everything's <laughs> built to that. Mm-hmm. But, look, I, I, I don't know where I'd put the Patriots now, but they're at least an 8-8 eight eight team with Newton. Um, and they might have been an 8-8 eight eight team with Stidham. We don't know. But... I, I still think that division's weak enough for them to get enough wins to challenge the playoffs in the AFC. I think a lot of it will come down. I mean, like, their defense is still excellent. It's still really, really good. Still got, I mean, Gil- some people still got Gilmore, of... best player in the league. <laughs> still, yeah. still got, like, the best defensive back. Yeah. I mean, uh, they're, 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 just, they're missing some, some key parts from the last few seasons. Um, and Dante Skarnakia, the offensive line coach, he's... Um, quote-unquote retired but i think he'll probably still be working for them in some capacity um josh mcdaniels uh what what he can do with cam newton is going to be really important um but yeah it's just it's going to be finding a way to get these wide receivers open quick enough so he doesn't hold on to the ball too long um all of that just comes together to form a package which makes me think that yeah they're still a, a team to be reckoned with and um yeah, I just have this. I do have this kind of weird feeling that as long as they aren't too good, I have this weird sensation about me that I don't want to see them be abject failures this season, which is difficult for me to say because I do dislike the Patriots, but I think I'd maybe just like to see them just be interesting with another person at quarterback. Yeah, and I think there's a bit of Brady fatigue, obviously. Um, but if you break it down and you look at okay, it's Newton, it's you know, um, Gilmore, Edelman, um, I don't know who else I've got anymore. But, you know, it's like, they're good players that are good. And even like Mohamed Sanu, like, they're fun players that, you know, you don't hate automatically um, when you see them play. <laughs> but they play for the Patriots. Until you see them play in a Patriots jersey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> a- I don't know, seeing the number one Newton is going to be weird. Yeah, I've seen the the image of you know the the Elvis head, but with Cam Newton's face. Yeah, definitely. It's it's, it's, it's weird seeing all these things. Like they're, they're excited again, and rightly so. Um, if you're a New England fan, you might just have walked away from from one MVP and directly into another one. Yeah. Well, something like Newton is. I I I don't know what if. If the Patriots make the playoffs and Bridgewater has a terrible year or an average year and, you know, it's such a difficult division that the the Panthers are in, if they make a run and the Panthers don't, you've got a billionaire killer as the owner of the Panthers. He's going to be absolutely raging they gave up Newton if Newton comes back. Mm-hmm. Rage. If Newton becomes one of the most marketable players again, like he was, mm-hmm. um, yep, definitely. Terry Tepper is going to hate that. 
and it's going to create this massive rivalry between the two. I, I, that side of it's really intriguing, and that's well, where like, I, I kind of wish they, that the Patriots yeah. would invest in um, Newton if he has a good season because I think it's fun. I think it's a fun storyline for the league. I think uh, with, with Cam and the Panthers, they just kind of ran out of patience with him uh, because it was several years in a row of injuries and yeah it was just very very difficult for them to say like yeah you know what we're happy to reinvest in you again especially at whatever rate he was probably after um you know it just it something needed to change there yeah definitely he's um he's a difference maker so i don't know what the patriots will do with that but um hopefully hopefully he gets the opportunity to play you know more than for 12 13 games and can show us something yeah yeah i'm certainly sort sort of looking forward to to seeing it in a weird sort of way but but um yeah maybe morbid curiosity more than anything just to see someone new at quarterback for the patriots and see what cam newton can do anyway i think we've um probably spent enough time on that and uh you wanted to mention something about a certain Cleveland Browns tight end and uh, and a bit of a request to maybe get out of there. Yeah, so David Njoku going, looking to move away from the Browns. Um, he's requesting a trade. And I've seen a lot of the um, the talking heads like the Colin Hurd and all that talk about how this is a sign of the Browns, you know, still a disorganised organization that can't keep their players no one's happy i i don't see it that way if you look at it they've just paid hooper um mistake yeah maybe or whatever his name is um they've got landry ben um obj they've got a lot of talent on the offense they need an offensive line so they're gonna even need to trade for someone or pay someone and They've got to pay Miles Garrett. And I think Njoku's just looking at, like, I'm not going to get a lot of touches and I'm probably not going to get a contract extension that I want. So he wants to pick to go now. I don't really see that as an issue with the Browns or with Njoku. I just think that he... If you look at someone like Njoku who's come out in a really strong draft and is now has missed pretty much a whole year of a broken wrist and then this year might not work normally, that's two years that... Are gone, you know. So, I, 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 I'm not against him going to find something new, you know. And if you can get onto someone like the the Texans or something like that, and I'd love that because we get like so much stuff from the Texans because they're terrible. Um, <laughs> then good on him. I all this same um, stuff about Njoku wanting to leave because the because it's the Browns is I don't really think that's the case. I think it's more, you know. It's more. For, it's more him for his career's sake. Like I can definitely see why he'd be wanting out under those circumstances, doing what's best for him. Um, it, it just depends on whether he wants to, or whether he feels he can still just you know carve out a career in Cleveland, which maybe from the the vibes that he's getting is that that's being you know less and less of a, an opportunity, especially with the likes of Austin Hooper coming in. Yeah, and, and Andrew Berry, he's the GM of the Browns, is pretty renowned for being quite cutthroat with players. Being like, hey, you're not going to play a lot, but get ready. Yeah. Like, being honest and upfront, which I think is what a lot of the Browns need because 
that's where the the issue is, is that they've they're just some of their players have been allowed to kind of get away a bit too much over the last few years and I think yeah. that's one of Andrew Berry's traits is that he is being honest with players and saying, Hey look, just as long as you're not a disruption and you know your role mm-hmm. well then we're happy and then Joker's learnt his role and probably gone, No, that's not the role I want. I'm better than Hooper. Um, which he probably is, but he, he he certainly can be. Like I see him with all these physical tools, and you just think, like, how can this guy not succeed? Um, like, my issue is he's, that he's just, yeah, he's not there defensively. Like he doesn't um, doesn't block very well. But then if you're running four verticals and asking Baker to sit in the pocket for four seconds, how is an offensive tight end meant to do anything anyway? Um, so a lot of that might have been the scheme. But he just doesn't so want you find to a wait way and to see, you know? He just he doesn't yeah. want to wait and see. He wants to go to, like, look, if the if the Rams come around and go, hey, Njoku was a first-round pick three years ago, and we'll give you a third round and a fourth or something, and then we'll we'll sign him to an extension then, that's a great player for someone like the Rams. Yeah, I think he's, he sees his opportunity is to get out of there, uh, potentially get paid earlier, and get paid better than he would with the Browns. Yeah. So he's totally I, I going think, to the Jags and having a terrible career. But that's <laughs> probably. I mean, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we'll see. See what happens with it. But um, he's one of these like phenomenal-looking athletes. Uh, like he's just so big. He's so fast. But his problem's been like, so he can't catch the ball. He can't stay healthy, and he can't block particularly well. Uh, so if he can improve on some of those parts of his game then you know he's going to be worth a lot to someone who can use him in the right system yeah i've just googled Njoku and it's all pictures of belichick so <laughs> anything I, um, oh dear i don't want to know <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so yeah that's uh david and joku um i'll very briefly touch on a rather bizarre uh issue that came to light just over the last um, 24 hours or so and that was um, the Eagles wide receiver Deshaun Jackson uh, releasing some rather anti-semitic messages on his Instagram which is a very strange choice Um, but the the Eagles basically said that they were evaluating the circumstances and will take appropriate action and they basically just said that they were very disappointed in him for some of the things that he said. I won't get into the things that he said here, but it was essentially paraphrasing Adolf Hitler um, about the the Jewish community and how they would essentially be taking over America. Um, yeah, it's not very nice stuff. The guy's uh, about the same age as me. He should be smarter than this. And I, I just don't get it. Absolutely absurd. He needs to straighten up and fly right. And um, he'll be... Can't count himself lucky if he doesn't get cut from the Eagles for this. Oh, he plays for a quarterback whose name's like Carson Wentz. Um, yeah. <laughs> so he who might not, not be targets. Jewish, but probably has like some form of history with all of that, for, given his familial mm-hmm. name. Um, yeah, it's 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 ridiculous. I, 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 some of these guys like it's like the same with the. The, t- the left tackle that crossed the border with like a year's worth of weed. It's like, mate, you can't. You can't. Like, why well, would why? you even think of doing this? Why? Like, you get paid 20 million a year or 5 million a year. It's like, you don't need to be doing this. And it's like, that's all on, part of the challenge. And then on the social media side, it's like, at least 
he is being reprimanded for it because I see you do see the Mika, the you know the Marcus P Peters and the um, the the cornerback lads when they come on social media and slag each other off, they seem to get a really hard time about being terrible people um, mm. for just engaging in like the the football chat. So I would expect him to be waived. I'd expect him to lose his current contract. Whether that means they might bring him back later, and um, once he's done some reparation, um, but you know, I think the Eagles will probably be looking to get out of his like eight million a year deal um, at this point and being like, mate, can't pay you that. That's you're done. Um, and then maybe later on in the season, if he's people have come round, then maybe sign him back. But I'd be very surprised if he stays on the roster over the coming yeah. weeks. I, th I think it's a it's a good sign that the NFL is actually properly starting to take a lot of these things far more seriously than they did in the past. I think they're realizing that they can't just let people get away with things because they're athletes and they're important to their team. It's it's, it's bigger than that now. Um, and like players are just going to have to learn how to deal with this. Some of them are just going to have to stay off of social media entirely. There's just certain views and opinions that you, like if you do fully believe in them, you have to keep them to yourself. And if you want them to be out there for any particular reason, you better make damn sure that it is in the appropriate context and it is not in any way offensive, degrading, derogatory. Uh, it just doesn't matter if it's racist, sexist, anything like that is xenophobic. You just need to be a good person and get on with your, your job as everyone else should have to. Exactly. Good? Yes. Sweet. Okay. Well, uh, now that that's out of the way, um, I mean, we've um, done, done pretty well in just getting a few of these things out of the way, but uh, I think this is kind of generally a bit more of a, you know, shake off the rust, get ourselves back into the swing of things again, and look forward to what we're going to be doing over the next few weeks, which um, I believe uh, we've kind of come to a general consensus that we should start getting ahead of the game and begin previewing each division. So nobody else really seems to be doing it yet. Everyone's busy doing their top five offensive line rankings and you know best Bill Belichick quotes. Uh, so maybe we just get ahead of everything and get stuck into the, the real nitty gritty, which is how we think each team and each division is going to fare this season. Yeah. Does that sound good to None you? None of this like, oh, well, there won't be home field advantage. doesn't matter. We're just going to go in squad by squad and pick the best teams you know that we think will make it through and and do a review of each um each division yeah and if the if the circumstances which is what i'm going to start calling this uh worldwide event if the circumstances uh continue as they are and like teams don't get particular off-season workouts and things like that then that's just something that we're just going to say like well everyone's in the same boat we've just got to see who's better prepared for those sorts of things. Maybe it's something else that we'll have to take into account, but for the most part, we just look at the rosters, we look at what we see on paper, um, we look at the way the coaching staffs have changed around, and just just throw some crap out there, see what sticks. Yeah, definitely. Um, there's going to be a lot of mess around, you know, which rookies actually get kept on, and, you know... Because you draft seven rounds, some players have brought in like eleven new players and are going to have no preseason or really training camp to actually see them. So it's going to be a lot of tough calls on which players get kept. And 
I think that's going to make for a really interesting season in terms of like picking up players later on. Um, yeah, like also even just like who's going to show up fit. Yeah. Or or, or who has uh, been been stuck at home during the off season program, just smashing back the hamburgers and you know not getting on the cross trainer. Yeah. Um, and saying that, like, if you've seen any pictures of Zion Williamson from the NBA, he came in as a chubby player that no one could believe could jump, and he looks like Bane in the most recent pictures of him <laughs> with the face mask on. So hopefully a few players will have um, picked that this is an opportunity to get fit in their own time. I'm kind of hoping that, you know, your Landry's and Odell Beckham's will have um, been putting the work in. Um, this yeah. year, I'm just re- going just reading. gonna point out that not every not every athlete in the NFL is uh, Zion Williamson, though. So, yeah. uh, <laughs> I don't quite expect your uh, 380 pound defensive nose tackles uh, to to come out and look like that again. But I, I know I know where you, I know where you're coming from. It's it's entirely possible. These guys are professionals, and you'd expect them to show up on on time and uh, on weight. Yeah, for sure. Nice. Cool. Is that us? Have yes. We, have, we, have we done that in a decent amount of time? Yeah. Wow, su- sub 50 minutes as well. A nice, crisp, concise one, I think. Yeah, I think we well, should finish I mean, now we still and still just prep everyone for the two-hour AFC East. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as we go through the Miami roster in great detail for no reason. Yeah, exactly. It's like, well, I really think that the uh, third that tight end is going to make a big difference in the game against the, the Reds. Oh, the Monuments. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I know. Oh, that, that was close. Oh, that was close. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Well, um, good work, Darren. Good to be back in the, the, the podcast chair again. Um, obviously, I think there's going to be a lot more news to come over the next little while. But just in what form it's going to be, I don't know. Uh, we'll try and deal with anything that actually sounds good and important and noteworthy uh, as it comes. But um, the, the main thing that we look forward to is just preparing for football season. It's about 10 weeks away now. Uh, just prepare prepare for it like it's coming like the, all the athletes should be doing as well exactly, we're prepping ourselves we're getting our reps in that's it for, Prep the, for the people for the <laughs> listeners for the people, for the listeners, for the NFL uh, and th- this is the 4th and Forever podcast for all of you guys out there we really look forward to just getting down to it, finally yes, for let's sure. do it All right then, in that case, uh, we shall see you guys later. See ya. Bye.